Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. can be seated or I just feel like I need to get on my knees too up here this is the word of the Lord in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord high and exalted seated on a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple above him were seraphim each with six wings with two wings they covered their faces with two wings they covered their feet and with two they were flying They were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. This is Isaiah talking, and he says, Woe is me, I cried. I am ruined. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King the Lord Almighty. And it goes on to say that one of the seraphim flew and he grabbed a a coal from the altar and he touched Isaiah's lips with it. Isaiah's response to the Lord saying, who will go for us is here am I, Lord. Here I am. I feel very strongly today and I've wrestled with this. I've wrestled this with this since last night but I think in the presence of a holy God this morning I want to tell you this there's two things I feel like the Lord is speaking to us right now don't ignore his love and his affection toward you don't miss that don't miss how how precious you are to him and in the context of that don't miss his warnings listen to me don't ignore the warnings of the Lord he loves you He loves you. There are things in our lives, there are specific situations going on in this room and probably for people watching online that now is the moment for repentance. Now is the moment. Today is the day of salvation. And I'm not talking about just giving your heart to the Lord and saying a prayer. I'm talking about sins that we've allowed to stay must go now. They must be rejected. They must be forsaken. Jesus loves you. And this is one more of his warnings. Some of you have had warning dreams about the things in your life that he's putting his finger on. This is the warning right now. From, From the lips of the preacher. Repent. Turn to God. Turn to Jesus. He wants to forgive you. He wants to wash over you with his blood and his healing. And the ball is in your court. That's what he's saying today. Don't ignore my love for you. 
And don't ignore my warnings of love for you. I don't know what it looks like all across this room. I don't know if somebody's listening and driving in a car. I don't know. Whatever you have to do right now, respond to the holy God that we're singing to right now. Can we take a moment? Can we take a moment and not care about what we look like? Can we take a moment and not care about lunch and all that? But let's do business with the Lord right now. You realize he's, he's done everything. He's made it possible for you to come to Him. He's not mad at you. But He's a holy God and He's actually calling you in love right now. Can you respond? I don't know what He's asking you to do. Maybe get on your knees at this altar. Maybe get on your knees where you are. Maybe walk across the room and apologize to somebody. I don't know what it looks like. Move. In the name of Jesus, move right now. Move. It's got to go. It's got to go. Be obedient. We've replaced obedience with a lot of other things. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. If you love me, obey. Don't hold on. Don't hold on to it. Release it to the Lord right now. We repent of not trusting you with everything. We repent of not trusting you. hardness in our hearts toward you, toward people in our lives. God, we repent of not seeing people who are broken like you see them. We repent of passing the beaten and the broken in the street. We respond to you right now. taking your grace for granted. Living like there's no cross for us to carry. Let the searchlight of His Holy Spirit and His Word point out those things right now. It's not about introspection. It's not about beating ourselves up. It's about coming clean before a holy God and appropriating the blood of Jesus to every part of our lives. Letting the light shine on the dark places. I'm telling you, there's, there's a warning from the Lord. He loves you. Don't get this twisted. He loves you. But if you're flirting with a coworker and you know you've taken it too far, and you keep justifying it because you say, well, we haven't done anything. I'm going to tell you right now, this is a warning from the Lord. Because He loves you. He said, you better turn. 
You better flee sexual immorality. That's the only command in the, in the scripture towards sin. It's sexual immorality. And he says, run from it with all of your might. I know what he's saying right now. I know that he's pinpointing things in our lives. And we repent. This is our chance right now. never use fear I've been in those churches I've been in those situations that use fear to manipulate people I don't want to do that but there is a reality to the mercy and the grace of God when he extends it so freely and so willingly and we take it for granted guys that's not okay that's not okay and it won't last forever and I'm telling you today is the day of salvation Today is the day for repentance. Would you, would you please do what God is asking you to do? God, search your hearts. Don't let any place be unpleasing to you. Guys, we talk about revival. This is what it is. It's broken. It's coming broken before God. Submitting our whole lives to Him. so clear to us it gets so plain to us who you are and what you've done that we actually get a sickness over our sin that we can't be comfortable with it and like Isaiah when we see your robe filling the temple when we saw the Lord we'd say woe is me guys we're in Christ we're in Christ. We're accepted into the beloved. But sometimes we need to remember who we are. And we need to align with what he says. And this is that moment. lives, Lord, as a sacrifice offered completely to you, Lord. Reminded of a phrase I heard one time. A real surrender. I'll just use a guitar pick. But he took a coin and he said, Lord, use me like a coin in your pocket. Spend me how you want. 
say that. Until we can say that, we're not fully surrendered. So just, just tell him right now, Lord, do in me what you need to do so that I can say, spend me however you want to spend me. Spend me however you want to spend me. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and calling us and open our eyes and opening our ears. Thank you for your warnings of love. Thank you for wooing us. Guys, would you, if you saw your wife in danger, would you not speak up? That's what love looks like. And that's what your that's what your Jesus is doing in our life. That's all this is. Okay. So we just we just move forward with the intention to obey. We move forward and we, we throw shame off of us. Can we do that? Sometimes I literally just do it <laughs> to visualize it. We throw all that shame off. Because he welcomes us and he throws a party for us. I was reading this morning about the one sheep that was missing. Leaves the 99 to go find the one. I just believe he's found some sheep this morning. They maybe wandered off, gotten off the path, and the good shepherd that he is is pulling us close again. Are you thankful for that? It's good. Good. All right. All right. So I've asked a couple people to come up. And uh, you guys can go if you need to. Go sit down. Um, we've been in a dreams series called In Your Dreams. Has this been helpful? Yeah. Has I've had so many people come up to me and say, hey, I'm dreaming like crazy. I'm dreaming every night now since we started this series. And that doesn't surprise me because the Lord is really intentional with us. And it's just fun, isn't it? It's just fun to know Him. And uh, today I want to talk about making sense of your dreams. How many have had a dream where you're like, what the what is that about? You know. And uh, today I want to talk about making sense interpreting dreams, what do we do with this stuff, and how do we figure out what God's saying um, through this, and um, and I want to get, let me, William and Ashley, y'all, you guys come on up, now here's the disclaimer, and this is so me, y'all, and hate me for it if you want to, but I'm just going to be me, I asked these guys, I asked Ashley before service started, I asked William during service to come up here, so I want William to share first, and then I want Ashley to share. But these guys have recently told me a couple of dreams that they had, and it's just phenomenal how the Lord works. And so I wanted to give you, instead of just talk, talking about dreams, I wanted you to hear some testimony about it. Is that okay? All right, so William, share, us about, share with us what you shared a couple of weeks ago. Hey, guys. Um, my name is William Wallace. Um, yeah, woo. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, after Pastor Gunner did his sermon and all that, I told him about my dream that I had way back, and it's kind of like my testimony of me coming to Christ. 
And um, it was back in uh, December 2014. I was uh, in college, um, and I was really at a low point in my life, um, spiritually, emotionally, um, physically. I just wasn't feeling great, um, didn't feel great about myself. And um, I went on this ministry conference through Campus Outreach. Shout out, Campus Outreach. And, um, you know, my buddy was telling me, hey, you got to come. you got to come. You know, and I was like, uh, you know, I, I kind of had this relationship with, with God. And, you know, I already knew everything I needed to know and all that. But, you know, some told me to go. So I went, right? And so after a couple days there uh, in Jacksonville, um, I just felt something really way heavy on my heart. Um, you know, and I felt like God was reaching out to me in a way, but I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to surrender because I felt deep down that, like, I did not deserve to be loved unconditionally. I didn't feel like for the things that I've done that I wasn't worthy. And so that night I went out to the Jacksonville Bridge, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just, you know, head in my hands, and, uh, you know, I was lamenting pretty bad. I mean, I was, I was angry almost. Like, why? Why? Um, and um, so I just prayed. I just prayed for God to show me something, just give me some tangible legitimacy in my own heart for me to just give it. Um, so I went to bed that night. And, um, you know, my dream... This, this dream, since we're talking about dreams. Um, I, but, you know, I'm in the middle of this pasture, and there's this big rolling hill. Like, it's just greens beyond the eyes can see. And um, I'm, like, standing in an aisle where there are rose bushes on both ends of the aisle, and there's nothing at the top of the hill yet. And out of nowhere, there's just this gust. There's this wind. Like, it's so great. I I almost felt like I was falling backwards. And um, these rose petals and the thorns and the vines, they all started just flying at me, like kind of like a kaleidoscope or like a blizzard or a flurry of some sort, all hitting me in the face. And, um, you know, it finally subsides, and I see, you know, the sun rising over the hill. And right there was the cross with the crown of thorns. And then right then and there, I woke up. It was morning. And I told my friends about it, told my buddy about it, and they were like, that was God speaking to you. Um, and that, that day, I gave my life to Christ. So, thank you. Isn't that cool? Just the intentionality of the Lord just to interrupt our lives. Even through dreams. And, uh, I mean, who can argue with that one? A man got saved because Jesus showed up in a dream. All right, Ashley's got a cool one. Yeah, this was a few nights ago, actually. Um, so we have been, just a quick backstory. We've been healing for a year and a half, maybe, Sell the house, sell the house, sell the house. We're like, well, where would we go? So we haven't. And it got to a point where Alex and I really felt like if we don't move, like if we don't go, 
it's going to start to feel like disobedience to us because we felt it so strongly and have had so many dreams about it and things like that. So we listed our house. It's under contract. We don't know where we're going, (laughs) but that's okay. But anyway, this dream happened on a night where that evening I had been talking to Alex and I just felt like we have some really big decisions coming up on what to do after our home sells. And I've been feeling a lot of pressure from that. Like it feels like too weighty, the decisions that we need to make. And I told him, I'm like, we have to make the right decision. If we don't make the right decision at this juncture of our lives, there will be implications for the rest of our lives. And I'm just like feeling so just like, you know, stomach churning, like we have to make the right decision. And so I have a dream that night after Alex and I had, I had kind of shared with him how I was feeling. And there were, it was almost like a whiteboard and there were three paths for our life. And the starting place was the same for all of them. And the destination was the same for all of them. And but the roads looked very different, and there were different obstacles on the different roads, and there were different twists and turns and, um, you know, things in the way. And the top one, I noticed, I only really got to dissect the first one, and I woke up feeling really stressed about it because I'm like, what were the other two? Um, but the first one, there was a decision point in the first road where we could go, there was like an arrow that stretched over the road and went straight to the destination. And I'm not going to read too much into that. But um, anyway, just three different roads, same starting point, same destination. And I woke up, and at first when I woke up, I was like, does that mean the first road is the right road? What's the first road? I didn't get to look at the other two roads. And then he told me what it meant. And I felt the pressure lift off of my shoulders the knots, like, leave my stomach, and I just felt like that was his way of demonstrating to me that he is going to get us where we need to go spiritually. And there's not as much pressure as I've been putting on every little decision. There's more freedom in those than I was um, walking out. And... Yeah, so I just, there was a piece that came after that dream where I just, the pressure came off, and I'm like, he's going to he's gonna get us where we need to go. Yeah. Come on. Give both of these guys a hand for last minute jumping up here. Thank you, guys. So encouraging. That's so cool. I love hearing people's stories. Ashley, do you dream every night? Not every night. Almost. How many, all, how many every night dreamers I got in the room? There's a few of them. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, I forgot you told me that. Um, so how do you make sense of them? Well, if you've not listened to the um, previous dreams, go, or the previous messages, go listen to those. They kind of build on each other. But I, I mentioned, I think it was last week, you know, God speaks in symbols and metaphors uh, because he actually wants to draw us close because it's not about him being a professor who just gives information, but he's more of a poet who reveals beauty, the beauty of who he is, the beauty of the journey that we're on with him. And so parabolic language, this speaking in parables like Jesus taught, and he would say things in images, and people are like, what? Why do you do that? Well, 
The same reason Jesus did it. He wanted people to pull close and find out what's going on because he values relationship over information. He, he values relationship over revelation. How about that one? It starts with R. He's not as concerned with you knowing what the what road to take as he is knowing you knowing that he's with you whatever road you take. Like it's about relational intimacy, friendship. And so he speaks in riddles not to deceive us, but to woo us in closer. Yeah, I think of an Easter egg hunt. Now, some of y'all are wrong, and you hide eggs where the kids will never find them. And that's just a sick, twisted person, right? Now, you got to challenge them. you got to challenge them. No, God's not like that. He hides it. So sometimes, when you know, for the little ones, the little guys, you just throw them out there. Because they don't know where to look. They just like, they see it, they run for it. That's what he does for us sometimes. And sometimes as we mature in the faith, he hides them even better so that we go looking. Because Proverbs, what was it? 25.2. It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover him. Yeah. Discover them. That's the king talking, by the way, like. So in other words, God, it is another translation said it is the it is the glory of God to conceal a matter is the glory of a king to find it out. And so we have a privilege as sons and daughters of actually digging for treasure that God hides not from us for us. And that's what the kingdom life is is like and it's so cool. It's just so fun. Like and if you don't see faith that way then, man, it is. I don't, know how, I don't know what to tell you. Like, Jesus is fun. He's serious, but he's fun at the same time. And he's, it's, an, it's a journey. So let's talk about interpretation today, okay? So this is our last uh, message in this series, by the way. Next week, we're going to start through the book of James, go verse by verse. It's going to be awesome. And, um, and so let's talk about interpretation. Things to consider. Now, these aren't the end-all, be-all. I don't... We don't have time to share everything. These are just some things that I've learned along the way and some things I've learned just through my history with God and through other people too. And this is going to be quick, okay? All right, so number one is this. Things to consider when interpreting your dreams. Number one, interpret in relationship. I just said a lot about that, so I'll, I'll move on. God wants to speak. Um, uh, think about... The parable, let's just use a parable that Jesus taught, the parable of the sower. Farmer goes and throws out seeds. I've used that one a few times. Let's do something fun. Let's pretend it's a dream. Like, what if you dreamed that? And not knowing that story, what would you do with it? Yeah. As a farmer, I dreamed of a farmer, and he was throwing out seed, and some birds came along, and then I kind of zoomed in, and I could see that the roots weren't taken. And you'd be like, that was a cool dream, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know what it means. Huh? And then to go on with your life. Just like everybody else was going to do except the disciples when he told that parable. And the ones that were hungry pulled in close and said, hey, what do you mean by that? And he told them. He told them what it meant. And so interpreting your dreams starts with relationship, not just about finding out something. It's about connecting with him. So what do you do? You ask him. You ask him. 
I love how Ashley just said, oh, well, I didn't know what that meant. And then he told me. <laughs> because she expected God to tell her. You know, I think that's a big part of interpretation is we have these dreams and we don't even think about them anymore. We don't steward them well. And we certainly don't ask God, what are you trying to say to me? So we don't expect him to speak so we don't hear him. You know, when you leave here today, uh, look for a red Corvette. And you'll probably see one this week sometime. But if you're not looking for a red Corvette, guess what you're not going to see? A red Corvette. You know, you go by, you may go by five and not realize you did because you weren't looking for it. Same thing with God. We miss him all the time because we're not looking for him. So interpret through relationship. Number two, symbolic context. Think of your dream not just as giving information but as telling a story. All right, so um, think about the last dream you had. And I want you to think about the context. Where were you in the dream? That's important. Where you are in your dream is really, really important. I have a lot of dreams in airports. And I know just from my history with the Lord, now this may not mean this for you, but I think between the, me and the Lord, this is kind of what he's trying to say to me when I have dreams about airports, is I have a journey to take you on that's going to take you higher. Like there's an elevation about to happen in your life, and what I'm speaking to you about is how you're going to get there, Okay. So an airport for me, that's what it represents. In Pharaoh's dream that Joseph interpreted, it said at the beginning, Pharaoh was standing by the Nile. So as the king of Egypt, he's probably like, okay, this has to do with Egypt. I'm here, I'm home, right? And then these, uh, these cows come out. There was some seven skinny cows, and then there was some seven chunky cows that came out of the Nile, and they're eating, and then the skinny cows eat up the fat cows. Context is important, right? Well, that was the weirdest dream I've ever had, but Pharaoh paid enough attention to it. He's like, i got to get somebody to give me some meaning about this because I have value for my dreams. He didn't even know the Lord. He worshiped all kind of gods, but he took his dreams seriously, and Joseph interpreted. He said, you're going to have seven years of plenty, Seven years of famine, so you need to prepare. That was the purpose of the dream, prepare. All right, so number three, symbolic characteristics. They weren't just cows in Pharaoh's dream. They were skinny cows and chonky cows, okay? Y'all like that, don't you? Chonky. So pay attention to the characteristics of things in your dreams. Here's an example. Um, I had a dream one time. This is like when I was in high school. And I'm still processing this one out with the Lord about what it means. And I think I know, but it's always like an onion. It's like Shrek, you know. It's like constantly more things are being revealed about who God is. And, and so I had a dream, and I was in this place. I won't go into it, but I, there was, it was like a facility, and then there was a bridge. And I remember walking across the bridge and seeing the water was just crystal clear, and there were, there were fish in the, in the creek below, the, below me. And it was just beautiful, and the place was so nice. The next night, I had the same dream, except the place was like years and years had passed, and it was neglected, and it was in disrepair. How weird is that? Like, that sounds like a God dream to me. And when I got to the same bridge, I looked under the water, and it was murky and black water, and it was like scary. And so those are some things that we pay attention to, too. Like, like, uh, am I looking through a window? Is the window foggy? 
Is it clear? There, there, there's just some things that we can pay attention to. And listen, you might not get the meaning of it in one conversation or one day afterwards. I'm, there are some things that the Lord's dreamed with me that I'm nine years in the making understanding. He's still unraveling this stuff. That's, what it's so, that's why it's about relationship and not just revelation, okay? So symbolic, um, symbolic characteristics. Um, still waters versus chaotic waters. I mean, there's a difference between a babbling brook and a tsunami. Like they probably mean something different, you know? All right, number four, symbolic sources. Where do we go to find out what these symbols are about? Does anybody want to take a guess first? Oh, you so good. So the Bible's full of symbolic imagery. It would make sense to go there first. All right? Now, I told you last week about Googling something, but, you know. But, but you think about this. If I dream about a farmer sowing seed... It's in the book. Maybe I should go read that and let that be the, the launching pad for the Lord to speak whatever he wants to speak. Sometimes dreams are just prompts to get us in the word. Sometimes uh, dreams are just prompts to get us to actually talk to him and listen to him. And so what if I had a dream about a fish? And it just means something like something about this fish in my dream. Well, I'm going to look in my concordance and go find fish in the Bible. That's like one of the first things I do is I just look for fish. And I read all the stories about fish every time a fish is mentioned until the Lord leads me somewhere. Yeah. It's a treasure hunt. It's an Easter egg hunt. All right. So, but it's not always cut and dry because what if I had a dream about a snake? And I shared one a few weeks ago about a snake in my wife's dream. Now, what does a snake mean? I mean, you, it's 50-50. You go get it right or wrong. Just say it. What's a, what's a snake mean? It's the enemy, right? I mean, that's what we think, the serpent, right? Because the serpent came in the garden and deceived them and all that. Several different images for the enemy or Satan as serpents in the Scripture. Well, there's also an illusion, a metaphor of Christ on the cross as a serpent, when, when, mo, when, mo, when all the people of Israel are getting bit by snakes and dying because they disobeyed, and, and Moses, uh, God tells Moses, hey, put a bronze serpent on a pole and just hold it up, and if everybody looks at it, they'll be healed. You know, the medical community, that's, that, that's the symbol. So it's a snake on a pole. That's why. And so just because I've dreamed about a snake doesn't mean I'm, it might not be Satan. It might be salvation, <laughs> you know? So that's why relationships so important. If I dream about a lion, it could be the lion of Judah. Or it could be the lion that prowls around seeking whom he may devour. They're both biblical. So that's why you got to, it's a connection. Relationship's most important. And I'll say this, a Bible concordance trumps a dream dictionary every day, all day. I got some, I love those things. I got a few books like that on my shelf Part of it is a, is, a, is a dictionary in the back of the book that says, hey, hey, here's some symbolism and what it means. And a lot of it draws on Scripture. But I'll tell you this, too. Um, when I first started dreaming, I was 
eventually okay with the fact that God was speaking through dreams. What I was not okay with initially is trying to interpret them. Because it felt new agey. It felt a little um, a little spooky. You know, like, I don't know, do I want to get into that territory? But then I read the Bible and people interpret dreams in the Bible. And so I'm like, okay, so I, I, don't, I don't reject that. I just If there's some correction, we need to bring correction. But let me, let me just tell you that um, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> interpreting, interpreting dreams, is, it doesn't have to be weird. It's actually it's a conversation. All right. So, um, yes, the importance of personal history, taking it to him for meaning. Here's another example. If I have a dream, I'm just going to pick this out of nowhere, a red motorcycle. And I'm on a red motorcycle, and I'm getting it. <laughs> to me, that might mean, I don't know if the Lord speaks to me. It could be for me. Hey, that means get on it. Let's go. Let's go fast. It's time to move. But if you had had a wreck on a red motorcycle, and you had a dream you're on a red motorcycle, what would that mean to you? Better be careful. It may be a warning to you, and it might be an encouragement to me. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, God knows what language to speak that you'll understand. He speaks to you in a language that you understand. And so all of this is super complicated, and, like, there is no black and white answer, and that's totally fine because it's a journey. It's a conversation. All right. I'm going to move along. Here we go. People in dreams. You ever had a dream about a person? Have you ever told them about it? So here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. Sometimes you have a dream about a person and it's for them. Most of the time, it's just for you. And I found this, that most of the time, it's not even about the person. Consider this. If, if I'm having a dream and clear water means something versus dirty water, but I'm having a dream about a person. If water can be a symbol, why can't a person be a symbol? So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll consider, is this for them or about them? But I'll pretty much default to know this is for me. What does that person mean? What does that person represent in my life? What is my relationship like with that person? What, what have they taught me? What have they given to me? That might be um, a, a clue to, 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 um, to understand what, what that person might symbolize in, in my life. All right, what do they represent? All right, and then number five, interpret in community. Don't be a loner in your faith. Like, don't do this thing by yourself. Um, don't do anything in the Christian life by yourself. I'm just going to tell you, you can't. All right? You can't and actually become what God died for you, to, Jesus died for you to become. It's meant to be in community. And dreams are the same thing. I have gotten more interpretations from dreams by sharing it with people like Alex and Ashley and some of you other guys than I have on my own. Because the Lord wants to use community to, to speak to us as well. Okay? So don't be a loner. Number six, and this is the last thing, steward your dreams Steward your dreams well. Write them down. 
I don't know if you want to do paper and pen. I don't know if you want to do like an app on my phone. I've got that Evernote app, and there's a folder in there, Dreams. And I put the date at the top, and then I, I type it out as much as I can remember, as detailed as I can, all the things. Where was I? What happened? What did this person say? What was this person wearing? I mean, just get detailed. And then I named the dream as if it were a movie. What would I title that movie? So it's like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. You know, that's the name of that dream. And so I, I think I had a dream about a plane one time. So I just search plane and that comes up. And now I, re- I can read it again. So stewarding your dreams well. Um, write them down as soon as you wake up. Don't be like, oh, I just had a weird dream. It's 4.30. I'll remember it. No, like grab your phone right then. Get you some blue light glasses so it don't mess up the rest of your night. But, but type your dream up immediately so that you won't forget it. Because I guarantee you, you'll probably forget it. Here's a pro tip. Somebody came up to me and says, you know, I have a dream, but I'm like, I can't remember them. Here's a pro tip. Super spiritual. Drink a lot of water before you go to bed. Drink a lot of water before you go to bed. Because you'll wake up, and you need to go to the bathroom, but you'll remember your dreams. You will. Try it and see if I'm not lying. Just drink way too much water before you go to bed. And um, what happens is a lot of times when we wake up fast, like alarm, you know, we wake up, we don't remember that. The more I can make my waking natural, the better. So I I don't know if you know this, but you can actually train your body to wake up at a certain time, for the most part, you know, so try to do that, and then you remember your dreams more, drink a lot of water, you may wake up a little earlier and have to scoot, but, you know, you may remember it, okay, Mark 4, verse 24, in the New Living, Jesus says, then he added, pay close attention to what you hear, the closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given And you'll receive even more. That's the words of Jesus. I think we can apply that to dreams. That's why it's important to steward everything God says. Because if you listen and you take it to heart, you'll hear more. I found that when I started taking my dreams seriously, I dreamed more. When I started writing down my dreams, my dreams started making sense. God started speaking even more clearly through them because probably because I just had the faith and the expectation to hear him and so if you're not already doing that I'd encourage you to do that so the more you steward what he's saying the more that you'll hear him the more you steward the dreams probably the more dreams you'll have let's stand again if I could say this I've, I've tried to say this every to every week It's not about the dreams. It's about the dream giver. It's about knowing him. And so he's got a lot to say. And if you've never given your heart and your life to Jesus, do that right now. That's so cool. I pray if there's anybody watching or in here that doesn't know the Lord, I just pray you have a dream like we do. Where it's like this, that one more kick that you needed. I pray for you guys and I pray that your your dreams will be protected from the enemy. 
I pray that your your dream. I, this is what I pray over my kids. I pray you give you give them peace and you give them sweet dreams. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen and that's all. You guys have a fantastic week. May your dreams explode and your friendship with Jesus. Love y'all. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.